Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Uh, despite all of the uh, the negative weather, I'm going to bring you a great show today. I've got a ton of stuff to talk about, including... Basically, it kind of shifted into defense mode with regard to uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, and it's all about theatrics, and it's all about uh, everything is rec- racist and sexist if you go after them. And, of course, I'm going to share you know, some comparisons to, uh, I don't know, Brett Kavanaugh's hearings. It, it really is. The, the hypocrisy is uh, remarkable. Yesterday, I heard that uh, you know, it was not a fait accompli that she was going to be made a Supreme Court justice, but I really uh, doubt that. I really think she's probably going to become a Supreme Court justice of the United States of America which is exactly what Barack Obama would like, because she is, as I said yesterday, the amalgam of the class of 1968. Everything that the class of 1968 has been pushing, everything that the American people in the last two years have been rejecting, and because this is not an election, she can get the position, because she is going to be appointed and approved by a majority Democrat Congress. So, I'm not an expert on Supreme Court nominees, and I'm not an expert on, uh, you know, what it takes to get them across the finish line, but I would say just because of uh, I know Democrats and I know what's going on in Washington, D.C., that she's going to be a Supreme Court justice. I could get surprised. I could get surprised, but uh, but not really. Nothing else surprises me about Democrats, so <laughs> so why should this? Why should this? She is the most uh, extreme Supreme Court justice nominee in the history, uh, well, at least in my lifetime, but I can't imagine getting more extreme than, I don't know, uh, supporting uh, the 1619 Project, which means, in effect, she hates the founding of the country and consequently would feel that the uh, the Constitution is completely irrelevant. And by the way, maybe you've missed this. I haven't heard her mention the Constitution and supporting the Constitution yet. Has anybody, anybody? Anybody, because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the most important thing that a Supreme Court justice can do would be to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States and use the Constitution of the United States to rule. Uh, that's what it's there for. That's what it exists for. It's a, it's a precedent-setting document, and that's what I would uh, venture to say should be the most important thing. Haven't heard it yet. I haven't heard it yet. I don't even know if she's been asked, what is the Constitution? She could go, I don't know. I'm not a founding father. I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. She can't define gender. She can't define when life begins. She believes in CRT. The school that she's a board member on uh, is is all in on CRT. All of the Marxist BS that's that's taught in schools that was rejected summarily in the state of Virginia in the last election and around the country at school board meetings, including uh, the recall of three leftist San Francisco school board members for those Marxist teachings in schools. But again, she's not being elected by the people of the United States. The Democrats can't steal that election. And uh, unfortunately, what we have to deal with, Democrats in control of Congress. And they're the ones ultimately who will um, be in charge of it. So we've got a lot of stuff on that we want to get to. I do want to mention that uh, 7 in 10 Americans say the Biden economy is terrible. And a lot of the times I like to start off with kitchen table issues because... You have to live with that every day. When the microphone is off or when the TV is off, you're the one who's got to sit down at the dinner table. Uh, you're the one who's got to figure out how you got to pay your bills. You're the one who's going to be standing at the gas pump going, holy crap, uh, should I just fill the car? Should I just put 20 bucks until payday, which now will buy, what, four gallons of gas? 
maybe five gallons of gas, <laughs> you know. And, and yesterday I went and filled my 2009 uh, Toyota. I went up to the 7-Eleven right up the street. And I, and I got to tell you, I'm very blessed because I used to have to ride to work every day. I used to drive uh, in when I lived in Washington, D.C., 25 miles each way. Very expensive. When uh, gas was $4 when Barack Obama was the president, it would take me about $28 a day to drive to work. And uh, yesterday I went and filled my car up for $62. $62. Um, I believe I have a 16 or 18 gallon tank. I think uh, 16. Anyway, uh, it used to cost me 34. I remember because I don't have to fill my car a lot because I work at home and I literally I've been cutting back my driving dramatically uh, for a number of reasons. You know, we've got bills to pay. Uh, we're not rich people. The combined uh, age of our three cars are about the combined age of uh, Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hook. <laughs> right up there. And and so, we, you know, I've been cutting back. I'll drive my gym. My gym literally is a mile away. Drive away. Yeah, I know I don't walk to the gym. And you know why? Because it's cold. And I don't walk in the cold. And I don't, like, I don't like walking either, by the way. You know why I don't like walking? Because it takes you forever to get somewhere. Have you ever been just walking and you see like a building in the distance? It's like three miles off. You can walk for a half an hour. It still looks like it's three miles off. That's why I hate walking. I hate walking the dog. I hate walking. I don't like walking. I don't like uh, long walks on the beach, you know, like maybe tender ads have on it or something. Uh, but you know, I don't like to walk, so I drive to the gym. That's <laughs> what I say. And and now it costs me twenty eight dollars more per Philip. Twenty eight dollars more. It doesn't just cost me twenty eight dollars to fill the tank. It costs me twenty eight dollars more. Sixty two dollars versus thirty four dollars when Donald Trump was the president of the United States. And I don't know about you, but uh, that hurts. And Joe Biden says there are going to be some food shortages now. And this is, what did I tell you, kids? What did I tell you? I said, once the uh, the coronavirus fades, we're going to come up with another crisis. And, and yesterday, supposedly one million people, that was tomorrow, yesterday was the bellwether day, the day that one million people would have died from COVID and not one freaking headline except for my show. But now there's another crisis, and that is because of uh, Ukraine and Russia, and that is going to be food. Nothing more to report. With regard to food shortage, yes, we did re- re- so talk about food shortages, and, uh, and it's going to be real. You won't have any food shortages because you're a big, fat, rich bureaucrat who's been in Washington, D.C. for 50 years. The, the price of these sanctions is not just imposed upon Russia. It's imposed upon an awful lot of countries as well, including European countries and our country as well. Yep, so there's going to be a food shortage. And I, and I told, what did I tell you? I said our grocery stores are looking like Venezuela and our driveways are looking like Cuba. They are. Grocery stores are looking like Venezuela and our driveways are looking like Cuba. And they're not going to fix the gas prices. That's not going to happen. They're going to keep you in a consistent uh, fear mode, panic mode. And then and then they're going to run in here and act like they're rescuing you. They're, they're going to offer you, uh, we're going to get rid of our gas tax. We've been you know bending you over for our gas tax. Forever and ever, we're going to give you a two-month or three-month uh, uh, relief from the gas tax that we take from you. That's going to help. Or, or in California, we're going to send you a gift card, a $400 annual gift card for all of the things that we do to you. So we're going to create the problem, and then we're going to pay for the problem with your money and act like we're being benevolent, and it's our money. 
And, and here's the thing that I worry about with Joe Biden. And do I seriously think that we will enter World War III uh, as a nuclear conflict? I, I don't believe so. But, you know, I, I'm, I don't have the codes. You know, I'm not in the head. I'm not in the secret meetings. I don't know, you know, what's, what's going on uh, inside the inner workings of, uh, of governments around the country or around the world. But I knew if somebody could stumble us into it, it'd be Joe Biden. If there's somebody who could stumble us into something like that, then it would be Joe Biden who does it. Here is Joe Biden when asked what uh, what we should do and what NATO will do if Russia uses uh, chemical weapons. So you've warned about the real threat of chemical weapons being used. Have you gathered specific intelligence that suggests that President Putin is deploying these weapons, moving them to position or considering their use? And would the U.S. or NATO respond with military action if he did use chemical weapons? You know, on the first question, I can't answer that. I'm not going to give you intelligence data, number one. No. Well, you're not going to give anybody anything intelligent, to be quite honest, including thoughts. Number two, we would respond. We would respond if he uses it. The nature of the response would depend on the nature of the use. Okay, so that's kind of like that limited incursion thing. That's exactly what he's doing. He's saying limited incursion again. He's saying that we would gauge our response on how big theirs is. We would respond. We we'll whip ours out if you, you know, yeah. We would respond if he uses it. <laughs> the nature of the response would depend on the nature of the use. There you go. It's a limited incursion. It's a limited incursion. And, I, and I'll say again, Vladimir Putin, and now he's all in, right? Didn't we all kind of predict this? I said that a limited incursion to Vladimir Putin in Ukraine would be like me doing a limited incursion into a new can of Pringles. Ain't going to stop until I reach the end. That's just the way it happens. I can't help it when it comes to carbs. Same way with my wife. There's no such thing as a, a limited incursion into a, a little thing of a Ben and Jerry's ice cream. You'll stop when you're done. That's it. And Vladimir Putin has done the, uh, the same thing to Ukraine. Uh, Biden snapped. He got a little grumpy, a little grumpy, grumpy, grumpy yesterday. He was asked about uh, 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 these, uh, these uh, sanctions. Sir, deterrence didn't work. What makes you think Vladimir Putin will alter course based on the action you've taken today? Let's get something straight. You remember, if you covered me from the very beginning, I did not say that, in fact, the sanctions would deter him. Sanctions? Yeah, you did, actually. Uh, Democrats, y'all you know, said, you said that they would, uh, they would stop him. Never deter. You keep talking about that. Sanctions never deter. See, I think maybe he's being honest here. Because I don't think he remembers what he said. Yeah, I'm kind of serious here. Maybe this is all he's able to act so well because he doesn't remember yesterday. The maintenance of sanctions, the maintenance of sanctions, the increasing the pain and the demonstration why I asked for this NATO meeting today is to be sure that after a month we will sustain what we're doing, not just next. There you go. Yeah. So it's not the deterrence. It's not saying that the sanctions are, you know, going to deter him from doing something. It's actually having the sanctions, put the sanctions in place. And now that they really haven't impacted a thing, you say that you're committed to keeping those sanctions for another month because, you know, eventually, well, yeah. That's sure deterrence. Well, what's interesting? Here's MSNBC taking him out on this. Interesting, one. Pete, is the president just said that the sanctions and other measures they've taken were not about deterrence, and yet deterrence is a word we frequently hear from senior White House officials about the purpose of having financial constrictions on Russia. So uh, that might just be semantics, but that is certainly a notable some antics, yes. Uh, sort of idea from the president that he believes that a sustained uh, unity from. 
from <laughs> European and world leaders sure. is the best hedge against Russia to yeah. uh, to outlast Vladimir Putin. There it is. It's about atla- outlasting. So they they actually bring it, call him to task, and then they uh, then they say, no, no, you know, you're no, he's right. It's about continuing these sanctions until they work, even though they haven't worked. That's what it's all about, kids. That's what it's all about. Left wing. <laughs> wow. North Korea tested its uh, intercontinental ballistic missile for the first time since 2017. Thought you should know. Japan's defense ministry uh, tracked what they believe is an ICBM, uh, flew to an altitude of 6,000 kilometers and to a distance of 1,080 kilometers, about 671 miles with a flight time of 71 minutes before landing in waters near Japan's western coast. So uh, here we go again. We've got Iran uh, spinning up centrifuges, expecting billions of dollars for the United States, and we're uh, ready to uh, you know, restart a, a, a nuclear deal that gave them everything they wanted. And now, here we go. The world's bad actors are uh, playing us once again. Once again. Also, this is a big surprise. This is pretty funny. President Joe Biden's band of experts have exhorted the American people and the Afghan allies we left behind to trust the new leaders of Afghanistan, the Taliban. In a piece published Wednesday morning, the news agency reported that the Taliban had announced that it would not be providing any education opportunities for girls beyond the sixth grade. But that doesn't matter, you see, because they're no longer our problem. They're no longer our problem. Taliban nixes, this is the headline, uh, initial report, Taliban nixes girls' higher education uh, despite earlier pledges. You know why we can't depend on them? Because they want us all dead. Called the declaration by the terror group that now controls Afghanistan a surprise decision from the hardline leadership of Afghanistan's new rulers. So the Biden administration is uh, is surprised by this. They were also surprised that Afghanistan would fall so quickly if we pulled the last remaining air base out and then withdrew all of our troops. It was a big surprise. It's amazing how easily we're surprised. Unbelievable. Let's talk a little bit about Camel. I was trying to decide which theme song I should play. We have a couple of Camel theme songs. Let's do this one. Let's do Kamala, you're a fine girl. Or Kamala, whatever you want to say. Anyway, here it is. On the Rob Carson Show. Sing along if you know the words. There's a girl. There's a girl. Under Creepy Joe. She cackles like a wounded crow. Crow. She can't wait to see Joe go and send off to the home. They say Kamala, Kamala, really got around. She dated every guy in town. <laughs> and then one day, yeah. she met Willie Brown. The rest is history. He said, Kamala, you're a fine girl. What a mistress you would be. Please don't tell my wife about you and me. <laughs> Under Biden, under Biden, Kamala is VP, but she's got big plans. It's clear to see in six months, president she'll be. America will say, we'll say Kamala's in the White House. A disaster she will be. She doesn't give a damn about this country. Have, have a clue. Kamala in the 
Well, it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, uh, Harris's new press secretary has deleted 10,000 tweets before taking the job. She is uh, replacing Simone Sanders, and 10 people have left her uh, her office. Uh, the new press secretary uh, appeared to nuke 10,000 of her tweets during the hiring process for the new gig. Who the hell has 10,000 tweets? I'd have to go through my, my Twitter account. Who the hell has 10,000 tweets? It's like Hillary Clinton had 36,000 emails, just disappeared. Who the hell has 36,000 emails? You get 100 a day, that's 3,600 a day. Now, well, maybe after about 15, 20 years. But, you know, honestly, wow, what, who really? So she deleted more of her, uh, half of her posts between uh, January the 2nd and the 10th, according to, uh, the social, to Social Blade. She had 17,880 tweets as of January the 2nd and deleted it to uh, about uh, 7,000 tweets. And, um, you know, who the hell knows why? Who, who knows why? I did find something kind of delightful this morning. This is, uh, and I would mentioned earlier, that uh, I, I don't believe that uh, Judge uh, Kentanji Jackson, uh, Jackson Brown, I did it again. <laughs> Brown Jackson, there you go. I don't think she's stupid. I, I do not. Kamala Harris, uh, you know, uh, uh, not the brightest bulb. And this is a little uh, kind of a look back at, at uh, her philosophizing. This is uh, Kamala Harris and her philosophizing. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. We must together yes. work together. To see where we are, mm-hmm. where we are headed, yes. where we are going, and our vision for where we should be. Because we have the ability to see what can be, unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a little bit more of this remaining, and you are going to lose IQ points as you listen to it. So just be prepared. If you are driving at high rates of speed, you might want to slow down, maybe even pull over, because pretty soon you're going to be going, derp, derp, derp. To see what is possible, to see what can be unburdened by what has been, to reject the notion that the way things have always been has to be the way things will continue to be. Two plus two equals five. I have a motto. I drink, I eat. And drink no for breakfast. I eat no for breakfast. I eat no for breakfast. (laughs) There is no vaccine for racism. The climate crisis represents an existential threat to who we are as a species. One plus one equals giraffe. Talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time. Because the reality is that the life of a black person in America has never been treated as fully human. We have supposed leaders who are pushing science fiction instead of science fact. Shoe, hat, airplane. This virus, it has no eyes. And yet, it knows exactly how we see each other and how we treat each other. (laughs) And when folks vote, they order what they want. And in this case, they got what they asked for. Okay, I need a second to kind of recap. Recover here. Ah, hold on. I got down to about uh, fifty-eight on the IQ. I'm kind of snapping out of it. Ah, ah. All right, I feel better. Hey guys, it's Carson for Gold Co. I don't think I need to explain that we are in some very difficult times right now with Joe Biden as the president. Inflation and interest rates are Biden's only way out of our twenty-eight trillion dollar federal debt. So if you have fifty thousand dollars or more in your IRA. 401k or savings, your money is at risk. All right, learn more about the IRS loophole that thousands of Americans are using to protect their retirement. This is important. 
Call 855-735-3740. 855-735-3740 to get your free IRS loophole kit. That's right, 855-735-3740. And my friends at Gold Co. will give you up to 10% in free silver with a qualified account. Gold Co. has helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation, taxes, interest rates, bad presidents. Yeah, I said that out loud. (laughs) So what are you waiting for? 855-735-3740. Call now. So in an essay published in USA Today on Thursday titled, Marsha Blackburn Asked Ketanji Brown Jackson to Define Woman, uh, science says there's no simple answer. Science says there's no simple answer. So those of you who say that global climate change, climate change, it's climate change now, it's climate change, uh, is a settled science, now you're saying that science doesn't have an answer. It's kind of interesting. Isn't it kind of interesting that uh, it's settled science when it comes to climate change, which was global warming, which was global cooling, both, uh, of course, were proven wrong. Kind of like saying that uh, sanctions are going to be preventative, and then when they don't prevent anything from happening, then you say, well, they never were. They were never meant to be that. Duh. <laughs> it's pretty remarkable. USA Today's uh, reporter, uh, Alia E. Destigar, claimed that even experts in science lack a, di- a sufficient way to clearly define what a woman is. You know how they do it? Here's this kind of interesting. I, I, uh, I learned uh, sp- uh, French in, in high school and college. And in uh, the Latin-based languages, uh, there are masculine and feminine things. So when I was in high school, uh, we would ask this question. My, my French teacher had this funny expression, and, and today she would have been fired for it. But you'd say, well, how do you tell if a chair is male or female? And she'd say, look between its legs. Okay. Maybe it hasn't aged well. I don't know. But it was a joke. It was funny at the time. But now we can't even, uh, you know, do that. Even though Leah Thomas has a rudder or a mast, depending on whether she's uh, doing the freestyle or the backstroke. Scientists, gender laws, uh, scholars, and philosophers of biology and said Jackson's response was commendable, though perhaps misleading, the author writes. It's useful, they say, that Jackson suggested science could help answer Blackburn's question, but they note that a competent biologist would not be able to offer a definitive answer either. Boy, I tell you what, the competence of biologists apparently has declined greatly. Scientists agree there's no sufficient way to clearly define what makes someone a woman. And with billions of women on the planet, there's uh, such variation, much variation. I would venture to say that women born women uh, menstruate, are able to uh, carry babies in their wombs uh, uh, as a gestation uh, compartment until birth, unless you're a Democrat, then of course you'll kill the baby at any time before it's born, and maybe even after the baby is born. All right, so there isn't one single biological answer to the definition of a woman, she says. There's not even a singular biological answer to the question of what is a female? Really? That's interesting. Somebody needs to have a talk to uh, uh, people who are racing horses about the difference between fillies and, and you know, the, the dude horses. Uh, when Blackburn and the rest of her caucus support women's full rep- reproductive justice, which means, you know, murder your baby in the womb, uh, when they aggressively try to solve the inequality of investment in girls and women's sports, when they take meaningful action on the persistent... God, this is... not. you know what? I'm not even going to read this. This is just getting just too verbose, blah, blah. I'm, I'm losing you in the fog. If I'm losing me in the fog, I'm losing you in the fog. Also, I have a a new segment. It's called The Dumbest Thing I Found on the Internet Today. 
which <laughs> it literally took me hours to to wheel it down to one. Uh, I do want to mention a, a nice email I got from uh, Lori. Lori lives in uh, North Dakota, way out there, West North Dakota, you know. And she says, you know, John Kerry and others fly around in jets, go to uh, space for a few minutes of fun using gas and fuel. Why can't we use our own oil? Own oil is how they say it in North Dakota. Uh, she said, we live in North Dakota. It takes my husband 45 minutes to get to work each day. It takes us 75 minutes to get to the nearest Walmart. It takes me, literally, I'm a half a mile from Walmart. I, would, I, I couldn't do that. Anyway, can't imagine Amazon service. It's very good out there. Anyway, she says, she says, we don't have buses. We don't have trains, cabs, Ubers. We don't have food delivery service, period. We do, however, get temperatures of negative 55 degrees. How well is this EV supposed to work here? We've already seen in Texas what happens when the power uh, grid goes out. Uh, I'm so tired of being spoken to like we're stupid. Please address. Uh, I'm with you 100%. Uh, 100%. And you are the people who uh, the bigwigs in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I said bigwigs. Bigwigs in Washington, D.C. Uh, forget about. Because everybody thinks that you are you are living in the uh, in the city square, like in North Korea, where you can get together as the dear leader does uh, calisthenics in the morning and you ride your bikes to and fro. That's the dream. That's the moist dream of the class of 1968. You don't live that, right? You don't live that. But here is uh, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, who, by the way, is cute as a bug's ear, but dumb as a box of rocks. Oh, my God, I used two in the same. Here she is talking about uh, it's baloney that domestic energy policies are driving up gas prices. Some have viewed the Biden administration's energy policy as anti-fossil fuel. When we asked Secretary Granholm if the Biden administration's energy policy is driving up gas prices, she said this. I think it's baloney. This administration wants the oil and gas companies to extract what they can, even as we also accelerate toward a clean energy future. And she says that future includes more electric vehicles. If you have a garage and you plug it in at home, then you it may cost you about $12 to fill up your tank, if you will, to go 300 miles. If you if you bought gasoline today, you'd be paying about fifty two bucks to fill up your tanks. Yeah, and this is all by design. I'll do you know this as well as I do. It's all by design. Uh, it was a deliberate attack on the oil and gas industry in the country in the United States. Also, uh, coal it backfired in uh, in Germany. Germany literally is reopening coal fired plants because they're screwed. Uh, and nuclear plants, they're leaving them open, even they were supposed to close this year. But you know what? They're uh, short sighted liberals who are morons. Oh, by the way, the cost of lithium is a, it's a metal being used, uh, used to make electric car batteries. It's up nearly 500% since last year. Who is this enriching? Countries like China and Russia. You didn't know that, did you? The cost of lithium carbonate, a key ingredient used in the manufacturing of electric vehicle batteries and other low-carbon energy sources, such as solar panels, jumped 95%. That's kind of weird because Joe Biden is mandatory that all the federal vehicles become uh, electric. He did that was an executive order. Battery-grade lithium is averaging a whopping $76,700 a ton in mid-March. During the same month last year, the metal was 13400 Benchmark reportedly added that based on reports out of China. Out of China. Things aren't going to get any easier in the short term due to continued low inventory levels. China is a major producer of the mineral, selling nearly 20% of the world's supply. That's crazy how that happens. It's just weird. And isn't it weird that 
So the Biden family got $30 million from four oligarchs with deep connections to the Chinese Communist Party since he became the president. It's just kind of, and it was all on Hunter Biden's laptop, which just was verified by the New York Times. Yeah. Price explosion tells you that the lithium supply is uh, simply nowhere near enough to feed this demand surge, meaning your little dream of every car being electric is not possible. It's not possible. S&P Global reported earlier this year that uh, supply stands almost no chance of catching up to demand, which has erupted over the last 18 months because of policy. Oh, by the way, uh, new EVs cost an average of $56,434. I'm, I'm assuming that uh, Lori in, in North Dakota, you could buy a couple of those, right, Lori? $56,000 cars. I've never owned a car that cost $50,000. The three cars that I have in my driveway... Uh, I could sell them right now for about twenty-eight grand. Three cars, <laughs> and that's only because they've gone up in price. An O five, an O nine, and an O eleven. <laughs> an O eleven, an eleven. <laughs> there you go. So you know, you create the crisis, and your buddies get paid off. That's the way it works. That's how. That's what it's all about. Left wing. There you go. You know, obviously, a lot of us are concerned about our money, about uh, how far it's going, and it's certainly not going a lot further these days. Chris Markowski is a political financial strategist, the president of Markowski Investments, and the host of Watchdog on Wall Street joins us on the phone. Hello, my friend, and uh, and a happy Friday to you. How are you doing today? Good afternoon. How are you? I'm glorious. I'm glorious. Despite uh, last night, I filled up my 2009 Toyota with uh, sixty-two dollars worth of gas, whereas when Donald Trump was a president, it was thirty-four. Thirty-four. And I think about you know I'm very fortunate, uh, Chris, because I work at home and I don't have to fill my car, you know, every other day, every two days. But this is wreaking havoc on not only individuals driving cars to back and forth to work, but also on uh, long haul truckers who are now filling up for a thousand dollars. How do you suppose this is uh, impacting not only just, you know, just work and whatnot, but the price of everything in the country? It's, it's a big ripple. It's like mm-hmm. you take a big, you know, you got a bathtub full of water and you decide to put a cinder block and drop it in it. That's what happens when you get the price of oil going to the levels that we have right now. It affects everything. I mean, you got to move products from point A to point B. You have to put uh, oil into tractors to get food. It just, it, it's a myriad of things out there. And really, the American people really starting to feel it. And, you know, I, it was going up prior, even though they kind of poo-pooed it and they told <laughs> you it was transitory. But it's really gone parabolic. And the idea that it's just because of, you know, Putin in the Ukraine is patently absurd. Um, this is all self-inflicted stuff. Barack Obama, when he came in, he put there's this, there's this cost. It's called the social cost of carbon. And he made a cost on a social cost of carbon, one ton, at $57. Um, when that was taken away, that was taken away, Donald Trump brought it down to $7. We saw what happened. We became energy independent. We were exporting oil. We were exporting gas. Now it's $51. Joe Biden has come in. Now, when you do that, various different oil manufacturers, they don't want to go out and make these investments in various different wells and what have you because it's not going to be profitable for them to do that. This is a problem with our energy policy here in the United States. It's like a bloody tennis match depending on who's in office. We've got no long-term plan. 
Let me ask you this. In California, they are thinking about uh, Gavin Newsom giving $400 per family, per registered vehicle, uh, which is, on, a, on the face of it is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's a Band-Aid on, a, uh, on a, you know, a, a, an amputation. But uh, about what it could do to inflation uh, there, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, again, you want to think, you know, the best way to describe it, and I know it's going to, you want to, you're going to, you're going to take a bunch of money and you're going to shove it into a, a toilet and you flush it and you clog the toilet. Um, are you going to throw more money into the toilet? Is that going to unclog the toilet? I mean, there's too much money that's floating yeah, around yeah. and you're going to throw more money at this problem. Uh, again, you're absolutely right. It is without a doubt. Okay, a monetary issue. You cannot put a Band-Aid on this thing. You can't just hand out cash. Not to mention the fact we've become pathetic here. It's like we've turned the country into a bunch of rescue dogs. And it's like, here, here, here you go. We're going to give you some more money. Here's another <laughs> stimulus check. Here, here. And it's just, come on, this is not, this is not what we're supposed to be like here in America. Well, this, this is what it is, and this is what I contend. They create crises so they can come in and be our rescuer. I said that once the, uh, the uh, COVID crisis passed, there would be another, another uh, yeah. crisis. And I want to tell you, I don't know if you knew this yesterday because nobody in the news covered it. Yesterday was the day that we crossed one million deaths, supposedly, of COVID in America, and nobody was covering it. One million people died, Chris, and it was gone. There was nothing in the headlines about one million people dying, but Joe Biden yesterday, they said in Europe that there was going to be an impending food shortage, and that's what I said would be the next crisis. It would be food chain, it would be supply chain, and ultimately empty store shelves. And as I've said, it, our store shelves are looking like Venezuela, and our, our driveways are looking like Cuba. Do you believe that some of this is self-fulfilling, if not actually manufactured? Oh, I, I, but again, yeah, this is, this is us doing this to ourselves. You want know, to think about it. You know, prior to World War II, um, our, our military was the size of Romania's. And you know, we get hit, you know, Pearl Harbor, and the country just goes, you know, full bolt, gets into gear, and, and look what we were able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still, we still got farmland all over Iowa, whatnot, that we're, we're making corn to put food into cars. It, there's no way that we can figure out a way where we can start, you know, maybe getting rid of ethanol, which is an environmental disaster in of itself. That's an entire different conversation and start rejiggering some of these farms to actually make food that people can eat. I mean, we can't figure this out as a nation with the landmass that we have, with the potential that we have. Oh, no, I'm sorry, it's going to be food shortages. No, we should be solving these problems. We should be the answer to these problems for the rest of the world. And we're not. I, uh, I find it interesting that Joe Biden, when he got into office, um, it mandated electric vehicles for all federal vehicles, even though they don't make, uh, I don't know, dump trucks that are electric. They don't make road graders that are electric. Uh, there are no electric jet airliners flying anywhere. And oddly enough, the price of lithium has gone up 400% or 500% per ton lithium, the, the, the main ingredient in batteries. And where does a good share of our lithium come from? Would you believe China? Uh, oh, absolutely. Now, that's not just the only rare earth materials that we're getting uh-huh. from China. I mean, what a better energy policy is, you know, we've got these great, this great technology with this modular nuclear reactors, these small plants. You don't, they don't even look like nuclear power plants. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be up everywhere. We get 20% of our uranium, which fuels nuclear power plants and also fuels a lot of our military and aircraft characters and submarines. We get that from Russia. Well, 
And Hillary Clinton sold uh, 25% of those yeah. uranium rights uh, to get $150 million into her foundation, which collapsed after she was graduated or, or after she was defeated. Uh, let me ask you this, um, and, and I'm not, a, I'm not a, uh, an Alex Jones type, and every time I say that, Alex Jones fans go nuts on me. Uh, I'm not a conspiracy theory type um, of person. Um, but, you know, th- there's a lot of talk about a new world order. There's a lot of talk about the, uh, the swamp and, uh, and the uh, cacophony of these uh, leaders around the world that uh, really maybe don't have the, the interests of their people in mind. And Joe Biden actually mentioned um, a, a new world order where America leads. Do you have any thoughts about that as somebody who is in finance and knows that all of this is about money? Yeah, again, I, I, he... I, I... Really, I'm shot, well, I can't be shot. So some of the stuff that comes out is his mouth, even though Kamala is like one upping him yeah. as of late. You know, that, that's that's you know, those are, those are words that going to every people's antennas are going to start popping up when you say new world order. Um, I, I'm a big believer that America needs to lead the old-fashioned way by example, mm-hmm. um, not by forever wars, not by invading countries, but by the way we do business around the world. Uh, that to me is the way we should be heading. Um, this idea, okay, that was the a Great Reset and the Davos people, yeah, they, they enriched themselves. I mean, I call it my watchdog on Wall Street, Actions yep. of Evil. You've got yep. big business, politicians, and the media working hand-in-hand hand to further their own needs. That's not a conspiracy. I mean, that's the reality here in this country. The, the laws are written by these people for themselves. How do all these politicians become so bloody wealthy when they're in office? How yes. come there's a revolving door between the big brokerage firms and, and Washington, D.C.? How come whenever these people, something happens, they get in trouble? They, nobody ever gets in trouble. You know, they it's neither admit nor deny wrongdoing, and they walk. You know, yeah. There's different rules. I mean, George Carlin did a bit about this a long time ago. I love Carlin. Yeah. It's a big club. We ain't in it. Absolutely, 100%. I think that some American politicians actually look at Russia as the template since the fall of the Soviet Union. It is an oligarchy. Uh, you know, the, the uh, Vladimir Putin has done nothing to create anything, nothing to build anything. He's worth billions of dollars. He has a $600 million yacht, by the way. At the same time, Bernie Sanders is a uh, is a, a, a socialist. He should live in a kibbutz and eat gruel. But he has three houses. He rents a fourth. Joe Biden had a salary as a senator of one hundred seventy thousand. He's got three homes worth in excess of of thirty million dollars. Barack Obama now has two oceanfront homes worth fifteen million apiece, and he's never built anything or brought anything to market. So, are we effectively becoming an oligarchy? When you consider maybe I don't know, like Mark Zuckerberg spending a half a million dollars on the elections and and the payoff that he gets when there's a Democrat in office. Well, I, I think that that's, yeah, I think it's a part of it. it it's, you know, where, again, you get the connections between, um, you know, obviously government and, and big business. There was that uh, great story, and they made a movie about it. There was American Hustle, where the, the mayor from uh, Hamden, New Jersey, got a suitcase full of cash. Um, we, they don't give suitcases full of cash to the politicians anymore. They give a speech for 15 minutes and get a half a million dollars. <laughs> yes. But it's the same racket. <laughs> yeah. Or they paint a painting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I, I do think that there's, you know, there's the elites and then there's a, a, there's a culture there. Yeah. I don't think so much in regards to necessarily, you know, the, an oligarchy like uh, uh, they have in Russia and also many of these former Soviet states. They print money. Those are commodities. Yeah. That's oil. Um, yeah, you, you, these you know these people got yachts that have their own Wikipedia pages for crying out loud, and, and that money just keeps going and going and going, much like the Middle East as well. Um, I, I don't never um, going to go against any any buddy out there that starts like a Jeff Bezos or an Elon Musk or even a Zuckerberg. You know, I'm not a like not a big fan of social media. Um, they created something, they built yeah, something. Yeah, That's great. Yeah. 
Uh, unfortunately, you know, they feel oftentimes that they have to get in bed with government just to stay alive because yeah. all power in this country resides in our tax code and the regulatory code. And the regulatory code is controlled by the executive branch of government and all these acronym agencies that they have there. Tax uh, code is all the politicians there that give handouts, cutouts, and giveaways to whoever they want. Let me ask you this, Chris, uh, and we got to wrap things up here pretty quick, but what, what are you doing to weather this, uh, this storm? We've got a new poll out, says 710 Americans say Biden's economy is terrible. Uh, it's hurting a lot of people. Where, what are you doing? I mean, I've got, I've got some savings. I've got some things I can call on. I've got food and toilet paper stored. <laughs> but what would you recommend for people that, for weathering this storm, man? Other than, other than not giving your dog chemo or eating, uh, or, or, or eating uh, lentils. <laughs> Teresa Geralducci. Oh, my God. Yeah, a bluebird. Stuff that she comes up with. Yeah, she she yes. tried to get rid of all the 401Ks not too long ago and wanted yes. the government to take them over. I mean, she's yes. nuts. But, you know, I, I do the same thing that, that I normally do. I mean, with all this, this stuff that's around us, you, you know, you get up in the morning and, and you work your tail off. That's what, you know, we the people do. That's what Americans do. Um, there's not much you're going to be able to do in regards to inflation. There's a saying right now, cash is trash. That's true. I mean, if you have all this money in cash uh, and, you know, they're saying inflation is 7.8, 7.9%, the reality is higher than 10 Oh, yeah. That means you're losing that money over the course of the year. So you want to be smart with it. You want to be able to invest it. You, you've got to get some sort of return. And that doesn't change. Even in times when it's volatile, like we've seen the markets because of what's transpiring in the world, if you're dollar cost averaging and you're putting money away on a regular basis, uh, these times will pass and you'll come out uh, all right on the other side. All right, my brother. Well, it's great having you on today. I've enjoyed the conversation. I hope you will join us Again, in the future, you got a terrific uh, website, uh, watchdogonwallstreet.com. You are all the school, of course, on Twitter at Chris Markowski. Uh, have a glorious weekend, my friend, and, and uh, we'll have you on again when you get the time, okay? Oh, my pleasure. You too. Thank you all right. so much. God bless.